We are one church. We love God, love people, love his mission and love his church. Welcome to the One Church Podcast. Hello, my name's Alice and this is the One Church Podcast. It says in Psalm 136, he remembered us when we were in trouble. His love continues forever. Today, we can be assured of the fact that God remembers us, no matter what we're facing, no matter what troubles we have in our lives, whether we're broken or whether we're rejoicing, his love for us continues forever and he remembers us. Today, we're blessed to have the next installment of our Pioneer People series from Pastor David at the Central Site. It's so good to see you today. And for those visiting in the room, uh, I'm David and along with my wife, Susan, and an amazing team here, we have the privilege of leading one church. And for those of you joining today on our podcast and listening throughout the week, welcome. May you be blessed as you listen. We're in an exciting season as a church. In our north site in Beaumont Lees, the last two weeks have been two of the largest ever attendances with people coming and a great sense of momentum happening over there north of the city. In our city site, uh, which is in the Two Funky Nightclub in the city centre, meeting right now, we celebrated our sixth birthday last Sunday and in a full room, we announced with real excitement that we're moving to two services there on February the 12th. Let's have a bit more excitement in the room. And uh, I'm, just, I'm just so excited about that. We have seen dozens and dozens of mostly young adults find Jesus, uh, be baptised, be engaged uh, in church life and uh, be helped to move on. And uh, we're just creating another wad of space for people to find Jesus and find home. In our Bronson site, that's meeting right now, we meet in a community centre in a challenging area of our city. Uh, and that community centre we run all week. It's been transformed. The outreach continues to grow. And do you know that last year we averaged 3,000 visits to that centre a month with people coming in and, and in a safe environment, being able to be supported and have fun and also know about Jesus. In our OB site meeting right now, Susan's speaking there this morning, we're preparing for change as 60 to 70 of you move from here to there in a couple of weeks' time. And we're strengthening and getting ready. And the people there are so excited about welcoming those of you that are going. And it's going to be a great journey and a fun time. And here in Central, we're preparing. We're preparing. Next week will be the last time we ever meet in this hall as it is as a site here. So don't miss it. We're baptizing some people. In fact, can I just say, if you've not been baptized in water, you know, if you're a young person here, you're under 18 and you've not been baptized in water. Honestly, if you're thinking, I'm going to wait a bit longer. If you're here thinking, I'm not quite, you're ready. Jesus said, repent and be baptized. And uh, I think there's already about five people being baptized next week. But it's, I wonder if there's anyone, anyone else been thinking about they'd like to be baptized and they think maybe it's time. And because I've mentioned it, you're feeling all uncomfortable, but it would do you good to go. I think I need to be baptized in water. Anyone here? Anyone else? No, you think, I, I think that would be good for me. Are you sure? You sure? No one else? I don't know. Yeah, I can hang in there. But if you, if you are a bit nervous about putting your hand up, come and talk to Pastor James, Pastor Claire at the end and just say, I'd like some teaching this week so I can get baptised next week. But here at Central, we're preparing. 
And we're moving from this beautiful room into a beautiful room next door that's smaller. So we're going to go to two services as well as sending out for a few months some people uh, to our OB site. And we're expecting powerful Sundays, encounters and community. And we know it's a time of change. We had the Mayway uh, guys here on Friday with our building team talking about some of the changes that will happen on February the 7th. We will take every piece of equipment out of this building, every table and chair and everything that doesn't want to get destroyed when we're going to store it somewhere else. And that in itself is a miracle in work. Lord Jesus, thank you for your help. And this building is going to be gutted uh, over that week. And we'll be in our offices upstairs. They said there might be a little bit of noise. I think there'll be a lot of noise, but that's part of the fun. And this is going to be transformed over the next six months. And and we know it's a time of change. We know it's a time of change for us here. Keep connecting with people that you might not see every week. You can text. You can go for meals. You can uh, go to different small groups. You can connect and keep friendships and keep encouraging. We are one church. We just happen to be in different places. Get yourself in a small group. Throw yourself in. Let's, as a site, be next door every week. We're going to fit lots of people in there. We've got ideas to make it work. We've got space for kids. It's going to be fantastic. I can't wait. And uh, I'm looking forward to being there first week and cheering everybody on with all that we're doing. And you're going to be able to follow week by week what's happening in this building. There'll be an online facility where we'll upload photographs of what's happened this week. And you can like that one on the screen there. Keep up to speed with what's happening and keep asking questions. And as I said before, some of you love change and some of you, it unsettles you. I understand. Don't be unsettled. We're going to be okay. Jesus is Lord of his church and we're simply listening to him. We're pioneers. On New Year's Day here, which seems so long ago, but I know it wasn't. It seems a long time ago. I looked at Ephesians chapter 4 as it speaks about five gifts of the church. Five people gifts of an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. And we believe in this season that Jesus is wanting to release these gifts in our church to a greater level. Well, why? That passage says that to equip the people for works of service, we believe God this year wants to equip us for the mission. The passage says, so that the body of Christ may be built. We believe that during this season, he wants all of us as a body to be built up. And the passage says, until we reach unity in the faith, he wants us in this season to walk in a spirit of unity together. And lastly, it says, and to become mature. He wants all of us in this season to move into greater maturity. So at the start of each month this year, we'll have a keynote message to everyone, either in person or on video, so that we all get the same message at the same time. And it'll be spoken by different people with a leaning towards these Ephesians 4 gifting. And then we'll follow each keynote message with a series aimed at building up the body and equipping all of us for the mission of Jesus. Now, a part of my gifting, I believe, is apostolic. And on January the 1st, I launched a series here about being a pioneer. And that series has continued in two parts of it about being a pioneer people and how as pioneers we see the possibilities. Pioneers go ahead. They break new ground. They make a way. And we are called to be pioneers for Jesus. 
And many of you know Susan and my journey uh, last year, encountering God on a small mountain in Wales. And last Sunday morning, we were away, and we went to, up the same uh, mountain and stood at the top in a watchtower and knelt down and just invited him this year to come and do something so extraordinary that only he can get the credit. Because God is about something. And we are simply following what he says. And we've just returned full of faith and expectation. What a wonderful Jesus. What a wonderful life. What a wonderful body of people one church is. And today we're looking at the reality that a pioneer has to move and take a step. You can have a dream and a vision and you can rightly pray and wait. But sometimes there comes a moment where as a pioneer you need to Take a step and move. And here we are in Luke chapter 10. We're going to read a few verses together. They'll come up on the screen. I'm reading from the NIV. That's a version of the Bible uh, that, that I mostly use in my devotions and studies. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to go to every town and place where he was about to go. And he told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Wow. Are you a worker ready to go? Because the harvest is plentiful. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. I'd like to believe one day that one church is filled in which 99% of people are actively involved in workers in the harvest field and the other percent are new believers getting themselves healed and ready and sorted to be used as workers. Go, he says, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. Sorry about that. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals. Do not greet anyone on the road. And when you enter a house, say peace to this house. And if someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you and stay there. Eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house, and when you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick who are there, tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. And the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. And he replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. The passage starts with those interesting words. After this. After what? Well, imagine Matthew. Matthew, the ex-tac collector with his little notebook taking notes. Well, the chapter before, after this, the chapter it's talking about was intense. Jesus had sent out the 12. He'd fed the 5,000. Peter had declared that Jesus was the Messiah. Jesus had been transfigured on a mountain. And it had been a moment they, those there never would forget. Jesus had healed lots of people. He'd welcomed children and he'd demonstrated for all eternity how important children are to the heart of God. Children's work is to be at the very core, some of the best things we do as a church. And I'm so grateful for all that happens here. They'd faced opposition and Jesus had told them, if you're going to follow me, it's pretty radical. And you're going to suffer and you can't look back. And now he says, I'm sending you out to a bigger group. Uh, And think about this moment, the feelings of these guys. 
Sure, some of them said, well, we didn't know that he was sending us out in this way. We didn't think we'd signed up for this. We thought we were just following Jesus and listening to him. But now it seems that he's calling us to go. And he's saying that following him means us being sent out. And more than that, he says, we're being sent out into the unknown. Listen, for, to every town and place where he was about to go. We're being sent out into possible danger, like lambs among wolves. Thank you. Come, come. Be a lamb amongst wolves with very little equipment. Don't take a purse or a bag or sandals. Now, they obviously have a context, but just the challenge. And I imagine these 72 disciples felt a bit vulnerable. What's going to happen? And for us as pioneers today, it might look different, but it's the same in principle. So I want to look what it was like for these pioneers. And then what is it like for us as we step out into the unknown, whether that means in the room or crossing the sea. What do we see in this passage? Well, as ever, it's all about Jesus. Firstly, Jesus sends out pioneers where he will visit. I love that. The 72, go ahead to every town and place where he was about to go. They are to be the forerunners announcing Jesus is here, demonstrating his rule. But more than that, he sends them out together with a purpose. They're not sent alone. He understands the importance of going together, of being community. And he paints the picture of why they are to go. Why? There is a harvest of souls waiting to be gathered in. Nothing's changed. There's a harvest of souls waiting to be gathered in. Thirdly, Jesus gives them a choice. He says, you know, go, go, I'm sending you, but he, they then have to choose to go. Jesus says, pray, but then be an answer to your own prayers. Go. But they still could say yes or no. What adventures might dis the disciples have missed if they weren't willing to step out and go? Who might not have heard the good news? Fourthly, we see that Jesus asks for a radical reliance. Don't take stuff with you. Don't get distracted on the way. Remember what this is all about, preparing the way for me. He then gives them a strategy as well as sharing the why. There's a harvest. He gives them a how, a plan to follow. And then he says, I am expecting them you to see miracles. Heal those who are ill on the journey. Powerful wording. You go and heal. You go and demonstrate my rule. So they go out and return to Jesus with joy that even the demons submit to us. And I like to think that Jesus smiled. And then he reminds them of something that's deeper than their stories. He brings them back to what is important. Don't just rejoice that demons submit to you. Rejoice that your name is written in heaven. He says your deepest joy is not in your achievement or even miracles, but it's in your relationship with me. And what about you and me? And what about one church? If that was them, that's the story we're reading in the Bible and the words come out the page and they come alive as the Holy Spirit brings different phrases to us. What about us? Jesus is still calling for pioneers 
and then sending them out to make the way, to do what they've not done before, to step out. It's good. Yes, we encounter his presence. Yes, we revel in his love and embrace. Yes, we keep the, the wonder that we know him. But then we remember he still calls us out to step out. So how do these verses impact us and what we represent together today? Well, Jesus sends us out as pioneers where he is going to visit. I, I think that phrase, listen to that phrase, go ahead to every town and place where I am about to go. That is so powerful. You go because I'm on my way to join you. Jesus has a plan. We are to go ahead. We are to be forerunners announcing Jesus is here. What John the Baptist did is also the call of our lives. John went preparing the way for the Lord. After me is coming someone whose sandals are not worthy to untie. And here we are to go ahead announcing Jesus is here. Of course, he's gone ahead of us as well. Susan's been having a lot of dreams recently. She's uh, been reading a great book by Pete Grieg about hearing the voice of God. It's a really great read. That book and How to Pray by Pete Grieg, I recommend them both. Excellent books. But she's been reading about having dreams and she's asked the Lord for more dreams and she's having lots of dreams and trying to see what God wants to say. But she had a dream of standing on a stone and realizing that she'd got to step out where there was no stone. And seeing that picture, that as she stepped out, the next part of the stones appeared. The path appeared where she would go. And she felt the Lord speak to her from Psalm 77, which says this, Your road led through the sea. Your pathway was through the mighty waters. A pathway no one knew was there. Are we listening? God's always got a plan. It's not necessarily the what you think it's going to be. You led your people along that road through the sea, through the waters, like a flock of sheep with Moses and Aaron as their shepherds. Whatever obstacle, whatever challenge, he knows the way through. As a church, this means we're going to stay close to his heartbeat and do what he says he wants us to do. Because he loves our city and county and he still has many people here that are going to find him. But Jesus also wants to visit your street and your neighbours and your family, your workplace. He has a plan and you are preparing the way. He's gone ahead of you, but listen also, where I am about to go, you go. We'll look at how, but it starts with the revelation that the king is stepping into where you are. Jesus sends us as pioneers where he will visit. But more than that, he sends us out together with a purpose. Eugene Peterson, who's author of the message paraphrase of the Bible, a translation is more linked to the text. A paraphrase is often someone's interpretation of those texts. And they can be very good for revelation, but I always recommend you read a translation of the Bible alongside a paraphrase of the Bible. But Eugene Peterson, author of the message paraphrase of the Bible, says this, One of the immediate changes that the gospel makes is grammatical in our lives. We become we instead of I, our instead of my, us instead of me. I love that. 
And what a family we are. Pete Grieg writes this about visiting a monkey and owl sanctuary on the Isle of Wight. I don't know any of you been there to the monkey and owl sanctuary on the Isle of Wight. He says for a start, he says, why monkeys and owls together? But he said it was a great place to go. Every animal had a plaque telling a story of abandonment and eccentricity, tragedy and joy. There was the cross-eyed gibbon whose legs were too short, the one-eyed owl called Nelson, the rhesus monkey that kept slapping its keeper, the punk-haired maggabe called Jimmy who had been found loping along next to a busy German motorway. And the writer says this, as we wandered around from one story and one cute face to the next, something started to feel really familiar and dawned on me that it was a lot like the church. A community of oddities. A menagerie of rescues. A collection of broken backgrounds that would never belong together. That is, if Jesus had not chosen the foolish and the weak and the lowly to shame the wise. And he says we're an amazing collection of people and he's chosen us to be his family. And yet we are the ones he's chosen to step out and share him with the world. He is with us and we go together. He sends us out with a purpose. The church is a family. It's care, it's confession, it's forgiveness, it's love, it's grace, it's support, it's acceptance. It's not judgmental. That's the group of people that we are called to be together. It's small groups, it's growing, it's connections. You know, have somebody around for dinner soon. But church is to be a safe place and we're sent out. He knows you and he knows me and he walks with us. We're never alone, but we're called to go. And Jesus includes us in this great mission. It's about a harvest of people. Follow me, he says, and I will make you. And then the great commission, go and make a difference. How do we do this? He sends us out to love the poor, have a heart for the world, celebrate other churches, preach the gospel, keep lost people in our hearts and our program, be good news in the community, be full of hope and go listening. And when he says go, we go. We love people. We live in truth. We care. We don't discriminate. We pray for others. We're great neighbours. We're great employees. We're good friends. We're loyal. We're available and we say, here I am. You don't have to be answer, able to answer every question or to be perfect as an evangelist. You just have to be willing to go. I love that you've come up now, Jason. Perhaps about a couple of minutes early, but I love that you're here. I obviously gave you a wave. Then I scratched my nose and off you came out. Keep going because I love it. I had two amazing conversations last week. The place where Susan and I went on holiday has a, a gym and a, a spa next to it and I go in there and I believe to sit with someone and have a, an opportunity and it goes like this you go and sit down someone's there hello what you've been doing today oh that sounds a great day what have you been today oh we've been doing this oh yeah I, oh yes what oh, you did that as a career oh that's interesting what do you do I lead a church oh what's that like oh let me tell you about this and the conversation starts and I love it I, I pursue conversations with people to give them a different picture about Jesus I talked to a man who just been diagnosed with a second batch of cancer talked to him about hope talked to another man who was very scientific 
and didn't believe anything. But I encouraged him to go away and think again. And he sends us out with a purpose. But Jesus also gives us choice. Like he did, I'm sending you among wolves, but you've got this choice. Do you want to do it? The extent to which we'll be true pioneers for Jesus and live the life for us to live depends on how much we say yes to Him. You can just be a pew filler, a seat filler, come and go, that's it. Or you can say, I'm willing to go. You know, if the whole wider church of Jesus becomes more bothered about services than people or buildings than community, we miss the heart of God. See, as a family of believers, we're called to love Him and love people, to stay together and to go. You know, in part of His church here, we've got a choice and we say again, there's no place for religion here. There's no room for idols here. There's no place for superstars here. There's no time for pride here. No, look at us, aren't we great? But there's lots of time for Jesus and more love of people. And the words I shared on January the 1st about more purity, more humility, more about others, more unity and more grace. And you and me, we've got this choice. It gives us a choice. You live where you live to be a light. Those neighbours, you're there to reach them. Your work where you work is so that you can be a light. Your family is a place where He wants you to be a light. The first thing He needs from us is here I am available to you. He then is the door opener. Philippa on our podcast last week from the OB site told a story that deeply impacted me when they organised through our TOTS groups a trip to Belton House and, and Tom and Phil loved Belton House. So many happy memories when the kids were little, but it was really difficult to fill the bus. I don't know if you remember that, Matt. I think it may have been Matt who when they got there and it was a long way from the car park to the place and there was only one loo. I think it was Matt or someone said, have you heard of Abbey Park? It's much easier. And they came back, you know, it was hard to fill it hard and it wasn't the greatest trip. But some months later, months and months afterwards, she sat with a Muslim friend that's about to be led to Jesus. And the lady says, do you remember that time you organized that trip? And we went as a family to Belton House. I'll never forget how precious that was to me. I love it. He gives us a choice. And when we make ourselves available, He does amazing things. Jesus sends us out as pioneers where He's going to visit. He sends us together. He gives us a choice. And then He asks for radical reliance, to trust Him on the journey, to realize that we can't do it without Him. Listen, the Lord has given me natural gifts, but I want to tell you, I cannot lead without Him. I cannot lead this work without Him. I can't bring vision without Him. I can do nothing without Him. But you and I, we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. This is the journey of faith. This is the, what it means to be called a pioneer. We're relying on Him here. We're aiming and trying to be obedient in the little, to fill His call. Trusting Him in every season, when we've got the answers and when it's difficult, when we're hurting and when we're running. Give me a pioneer heart. I was on a cross trainer next to a, a little, if, forgive me how I say it, a, a, a little more senior lady. 
And she, I, I was on the bike, she was on the cross train, and she was going, she was 80, she was going like a bomb. And I, I was exhausted looking at her, but I felt a bit intimidated. You just, oh, you're just going. And I said to her, I, um, you know, hello. And she says, I'm doing something every day in January, 5K every day in January to raise money for Tear Fund. I said, oh, a Christian charity. She said, oh, yes. I said, are you a Jesus follower? She says, I am. And all my family is. We love Jesus. And I said, how did you become a Christian? And she said, we all became a Christian in the Methodist children's program when we were little. And someone had written those materials and we all got saved as a family. And they were all there. She was there with her brothers and sisters. And we had to talk about the Methodist church. And we pray for it today. Let fire come again. Let the spirit of John, the, the impact of John Wesley come upon the Methodist church. Dealing with liberalism and criticism, may there be the fire of God again. But what she was, she was relying on him. I was inspired by this lady. A pioneer steps out. A pioneer steps out. Jesus gives us a strategy. He said to them, you know, go. Go and have a go. It, do this, do that. He gives us a strategy and He's giving us a strategy at the moment. Move groups here. Have a fresh look at life groups this year. Tweak each site. Strengthen the teams. Get the right people in the right places. Change some things that's central to enable us to impact the city in a few months' time. Get training courses ready for later in this year to give every person an opportunity to keep growing. Begin leadership training again, raising up more leaders. Plan some extra community events. Prepare for growth. Keep Jesus at the centre. Structure prayer in everything. This is what God is doing. And when we've done all of it, we stand because we can't do it without Him. Honestly, kneeling down at the top of that mountain last Sunday, thinking of all the Lord has done in the last 12 months in our house. God, thank you. Thank you. To you be all the glory. I know it starts with prayer, but he's going to require you to step out, expecting miracles on the way. When all this has happened, he's going to bring us back to what's most important. Where does our worth and value come from? Don't rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Our salvation is our greatest miracle. It is the greatest miracle, always. We're a pioneer people. And being a pioneer means you have to step out. The stone will appear as you step. Sometimes it's a, a real test of faith. Oh gosh, it would be so easy to be quiet and reserved. I love that picture of that community stepping out and believing God for that building that we saw earlier. How powerful, how powerful to see what can happen when a group of people trust Jesus and step out together. That's our future. Brian, one of our senior elders, prayed in our elders meeting this week. He said, how wonderful, Lord, it would be that as this one of our buildings is reinvested and restored, that all of our lives get restored and enlarged. 
And then as we come together again, an explosion of life because of what has happened in us. We're talking about pioneers. I know it's a challenge. I know it's change. But listen, the time is short. Jesus is coming again. We're here doing something that we cannot do when we're in heaven. And that is tell everybody about Jesus. The beginning of February, the next in our series. In our Together, I urge you to be here. Someone with a powerful evangelistic gift is going to set the scene for us about what it means to reach our world. It's going to involve we step out. And I know we're stepping out. I know this change. I love the spirit of the house, the willingness. Please step out and join a serving team. Help us this next step. Step out. Step out together. And let's see just what might happen. Let's all stand together, shall we? Pioneers, step out. You know, some of you prophetically might want to just, where you're standing, just put a foot in front of the other and just take a step as a kind of prophetic thing. I'm not staying still. I'm pressing into all you have for me. I'm stepping into all you have for me. I'm laying hold of everything you have for me. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I'd love to give an opportunity just right now for anyone here who doesn't know Jesus or is a long way away from him. Perhaps you're visiting today and you've been drifting in your faith or perhaps you've been brought by a friend and you don't know him. Perhaps you're here with others and you know you need Jesus in your life. Listen, if that's your prayer, if that's your longing, honestly, it's the greatest miracle that will ever happen in you. Moving from death to life, being lost to be found. And it all comes at the cross of Jesus, the finished work. And if that's your prayer to find him or perhaps come back to him, why don't we all together in the room pray this prayer out loud, every one of us. Just say these words. Thank you, God, that you love me. Thank you that you sent Jesus to die for me. The cross was for me. Today I come to the cross. I ask you to forgive me for the wrong things I've done in my life. I have sinned. Forgive me. I invite you, Lord Jesus, to come into my life. I give you me. Take my life. Use me for your glory. Or just as we're praying, if you've prayed that prayer this morning, perhaps for the first time or perhaps as a recommitment, honestly, God has heard your voice. Just, I'm just looking around. If, if you've prayed that prayer, lift a hand and say, I've prayed that prayer this morning. I'm serious. I want you to know I've prayed that prayer. Fantastic. Are there others? Great. Are there others in this room? I want to join those three brilliant guys. Say, I've prayed that prayer this morning. That's me. Pray for me. Honestly. Father, I pray these amazing men, that they would be gripped by the call of God in their lives. And they would know that whatever the past, your grace is enough. And you are able to not only free, but bring into a time 
of light and blessing and joy in the name of Jesus. Well, just as you stand there, as the musicians come back on the stage, we're going to worship as we finish. But why not say in your own life, Lord, I, I'm going to step out. I don't know what that means, but I'm going to step out. I'm going to continue to walk before you. I'm going to step out. Go on, make it a prayer. Tell the person next to you, I'm going to step out. I'm going to keep pioneering. I'm not giving up. Thank you, Pastor David, for that brilliant message. Remember that if you want to respond in any way or if you want prayer about anything, that you can get in touch with us. And now it's time for your Family News 4. One, two, three, four. In our sites yesterday, we prayed for Mayway Construction. Let's continue to pray for the team and the project that begins in two weeks' time. United Kids is coming up on Saturday the 28th of January, hosted at the One Centre at 6pm for all 7 to 11 year olds. It's £2 on the door and we'd love to see you there. Our next One Church Together is happening on Sunday the 5th of February. We have two great in-person services at 9.15 and 11.30 or if you're not able to join us we'll be live streaming on our YouTube channel at 11.30. And finally, United Young Adults is coming up on Friday the 17th of February. It's a worship night hosted at the Too Funky Music Cafe at 7pm for all 18 to 30s. Join with other young adults from across the city and let's worship God together. It's £2 on the door and we'd love to see you there. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace.